here we go. Big Tuck Socks. Hey guys, welcome to episode 103 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore Pro 5, and my fellow host is quite the Hydra Omnivore, Ooh. considering he couldn't even wait for a proper 3 2 1 before cracking his beer. Big Tuck. Okay, first off, I, I thought my claps were off, and I thought I'd lost like a superpower. It's like when, like, uh,. Wolverine stops healing, or like the people of Spider, those people of the Spider Verse don't trust in Peter Parker anymore, and then he loses his powers. I thought that. I thought my mega clap had gone the way of the dinosaur, Jeez. or perhaps gone the way of the Hydra. Uh, hello, Mr. Mm. Combo. I am having my one beer on this before I go to Run Club in the 95 degree heat in Charlotte. Uh, it is true. I thought I just got lucky, and no, it is boiling hot here. My car's hot. Uh, but yes, uh, I'm still alive. Got my dip in. Hanging out. How are you, sir? Well, better question is your car drivable? It's so I went with the leather seats intentionally with a dark package, and I like leather seats because I'm always sweaty. But then it turns into this like uh, what do they call it? The Ouroboros, if you will, which is like the snake that eats its own tail. Of like every time I get in my car now, I get sweaty because my seats are hot. And there's no ventilation through them. So it's like, you know, a real chicken or the egg situation. Good Lord. But, uh, but no, you, I'm good. You went with the leather package. Uh, you know, truck talk. You went with the leather package as well, right? I mean, I've gone with the leather package with all of my cars right. since 2008. Absolutely. Yeah, because you're not some sort of yeah. psychopath. I know. Well, and cloth, just like, for me, it's more the cloth smell. Over yes. time, Cloth just builds up all the dead skin, especially that's if you're off a your big, body. big sweaty man like you or I. Yes, that is correct. Like, uh, and so your, your car just gets like this ranky, stinky smell. Do so, you remember the four? Uh, so I always thought you remember the first forerunner, right? I mean, the high school forerunner. Yeah, the one that you put the dent in the hood on when you jumped on it that one time. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, we all have fond memories of that. Uh, but. I choose not to live in the past. However, uh, so it always smelled like dog, which I don't think is my fault because I went and got a detail and it still smelled like dog. But I also remember always carting around rugby people before and after practices. So, you know, who's the fool there? The fool that doesn't get his car <laughs> detailed or the fool with the cloth seats and a bunch of sweaty ogres in the back of it. There you go. Uh, but no, I'm good. I uh, fully recovered from the going away party for day two and Denny on this last weekend. Uh, I was not on MTG Action 4 News earlier in the week because I'm actually going out of town this weekend. Uh, so, you know, just high level. It was great seeing the Joplin yes. crew. It was great seeing a bunch of the, the guys get together here in KC. Uh, I smoked another brisket. It Ooh. turned out pretty damn good again. Uh, and this time I was excited because I actually smoked a six-pound leg of lamb and made oh, mutton. Oh, right, the mutton. Did it work out? Oh, it was good. It was really good. Now, I liked it. I mean, if you, if you like the lamb taste. Oh, sure, so, yeah. Some people, for some people, I think they'd call it a little too gamey, but that's yeah. lame. So two things. One, what was with the F Edward Forty hands? And why was it Mr. Magoo, who was not leaving? And Forrest makes sense, but Mr. Magoo having it? Did he just... Uh, Eddie, Edward Forty hands came from uh, The Godfather. Yes, I assumed, that, I assumed as much. <laughs> uh, and uh, Mr. Magoo filled in because Denny left after a couple hours. Oh, oh okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Also, I was so, going to ask... Was there any cans punched off a railing? Nope. Was there any cans thrown in the backyard? Nope. Uh, and then I saw Garrett, and please tell me someone at least put him in his place, or did he go on some sort of rampage? Uh, I think I only played one game with Garrett, and yeah, I, I won pretty quick. I played Jota. Got, oh. like, I think I did Jota things on turn four. Oof. So, 
I, I, I pretty much just made everyone quit. Good. Good. I felt good. And if you want to feel good by supporting the cast, you can head over to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Uh, we have a lot of different pledge levels. You know, it's always great because we do get voices uh, accredited on Bruise and Builds episodes where it's applicable. Uh, that's a part of our dollar tier. Deck therapy. Uh, and then ideally, once we have enough people and we get to our minimum of 50, we'll actually have a camera, speaker, computer setup that we're going to mail to a patron every month to have someone from the collective on the cast. Hell yeah. It's pretty damn cool, if I do say so myself. I completely agree. Uh, plus, of course, you can get playmat sleeves and all that other stuff, uh, depending on the pledge level. Now, if you're already a Patreon and you want to recruit members to the uh, collective so that way we can actually hit to our 50 goal, uh, we have a referral program. So no matter what tier you refer over to us, we'll do a little something for you. I think for the dollar tier to get access to the Discord and all the other soft things, uh, we're going to sign a gold bordered card of your choice. Uh, of course, you have to send it to us, and I promise I will not tear it up if it's a guy's cradle. <laughs> no, you can. I think uh, we can put it in our mouths, though, right? Is that fair? Or like in a beard? Ooh. I think in a beard. I think okay. in a beard is fine. Okay, good. We'll, uh, but we'll you will have to provide hair. a strand of hair. Yes, yeah. I was going to say, we're going to put, it, we'll put it in the thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but if it's the, the higher tiers, you know, you can get anything from a pack of sleeves to other stuff. Uh, and of course, if you guys can't do a monthly contribution, but you still want to pick up some of the CMD Tower branded swag, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch, redacted bits, stuff in a basement. And of course, the freeway to sh you know, help us out, just share the content you're already watching and listening, because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And of course, we want to give a big shout out to Squee McGee, our audio editor at Dear Squee on Twitter. Dear Squee at CMD Tower for his email. He does have a full studio with a bunch of gear. So if you're looking to do some jamming sessions, want to do it in person or even send him stuff over the interwebs so that way he could do some audio editing, you should definitely hook him up. And this video is brought to you by at underscore T-Coats. Uh, T-Coats is our awesome video editor and does a lot of editing throughout the uh, content creator world. So definitely, if you have video projects you want him to work on, hit him up. He's a great guy. And there's a redacted bit about music at the end of the episode in the beginning, but, you know, it's Excellent. a redacted bit. And then, of course, stay tuned till you can get details on how you can get that August giveaway. Ooh. So Brews and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path of 32 and 12 themes of EDH decks, we've moved on to the classic brew from day one Brews and Builds with a traditional episode. Yes. We described the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down to four different categories. The first one's ramp inside of your board state. That's grain. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Just like uh, this delicious Blue Blaze Alt Amber Ale from Blue Blaze Brewing, where friend of the show Scooty Shuffles now works. So uh, the, the malts pay into this because they've taken two very different classic styles and boil them together. So it has a deep copper maltiness contrasting with a bright white head and a spicy finish. Uh, Dex always needs ways to grow stabilize and ramp into your bigger threats. So just like a grand profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then we have, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do it at once. Then we have how does the deck actually close out or win games? And I will say the list for this deck might be a little overzealous. We call that yeast. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm rereading through this and hearing you talk about it. Yeah, 
I think it reads a little strong, a little more easy than it is, and similar scope to a two percent, <laughs> a two a two percent stout. Uh, yeast or microorganisms eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO two. That's alcohol content, the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. Is a two percent beer basically just water that someone who drank beer spit into? So let's. So it's actually okay. We're 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 doing great with time. So if you'll indulge me, they act, there's actually a style of it called table beer that's really popular in Europe, and they put it down because it's clean, but it's like a one or two percent. So normally it tastes like it tastes like water. It tastes like if you if you took a life straw and then sucked beer out of it and then put it through another life straw, it kind of tastes like that. <laughs> but I had one recently that was a 2.8% coffee stout that was delicious. It tasted like a cup of coffee with like a little bit of a kick in it and it was ice cold. It was mm, chef's kiss. Yeah. You know, the only reason they do that in Europe is because they don't have clean water yes, and that's correct. how they get clean water. Yes. Okay. It's okay. like, it's just, just like, it's just like the reason why beer was invented <laughs> in the first place, which is ironic and shows you America. We got it all together. People, there's nothing wrong here. Then we have shenanigans like this beer story. They could be pet stories or synergies to the story that are just kind of fun. We call that spice. And not every beer has them. This beer certainly does. But spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout or the additional hops that turn IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we talk about it. And then to wrap up the episode, we have a bottle capping. These are going to be big Texanized cuts and ads to the deck that are under $5, under $50, and a personal recommendation that has no budget. The only restriction is no mana only lands. Time to get Without out the further wallet. Ado, let's get brewing. Uh, today, we're talking about my Estrid the Mask deck, Estrid's Mini Masks. And of course, the new voices in this episode were brought to you by day two. This is a, a little going away thing. Uh, went ahead and picked some voices we thought you would find funny as a farewell. Farewell, you scumbag. <laughs> uh, so uh, Estrid, uh, interesting commander. We've yes. actually talked about her before, uh, way, way early yeah. in the days with Jason E. Alt. And... Uh, I don't know. I think my deck's definitely different than his, but Big Tech, why don't you read yes. her CMC and what she does, and then I'll kind of talk about why I built this. For sure. So Estrid the Mask is a legendary Planeswalker Estrid that comes in for th with three loyalty and costs uh, one and Bant that is green, white, blue. Uh, she can be your commander, which I think there's only, what, 10 Planeswalkers that can do that? No, more than that. It doesn't matter. I can't think of it right now. So uh, it's got three abilities. Plus two is untap each enchanted permanent you control. Uh, minus one is create a white aura enchantment token named mask like the Jim Carrey movie, which I should have done even more digging and found more bits for. Oh, we should have done that as one of the voices. Damn it. Uh, attached to another target permanent uh, target permanent. There being key. This token has enchant. This token has enchant permanent and totem armor, which totem armor reads. If I remember correctly, if the enchanted permanent would be destroyed, destroy this instead. Uh, and then yep. minus seven, put the top seven cards of your library into your graveyard, return all non-aura enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield, then do the same for aura cards. So it's a lot of text. Yeah, there's a lot going it's, on. It's a uh, lot happening. And uh, if you guys want to know why I built this, it's it's a very cool story, actually. Um, it's a Planeswalker. It's in Bant, and it does enchantments. And I love Planeswalkers, and I didn't have the other two. I was just gonna, so, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure this is because this is the only pre-con that came out that you wanted to build because you didn't have the colors. 
Uh, correct. Of this I, I year. did build. I did build uh, Lord Windgrace though. Oh, um, true. And that deck houses. So yeah, I mean, this is a deck, and I wanted to do an episode on it because I'm really hoping I can get excited about this deck again because this is definitely one like Aloro. I don't really enjoy playing it. And it's not because it's not good. A lot of times when I play either of those decks, I usually win or come in second. Or at least at some point in the game, I'm doing something so disgusting that everyone teams yeah, up you, on me, yeah. which is, you know, how I normally feel uh, <laughs> day to day in life. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot to say about it other than enchantment tribal is very powerful because the amount of removal for enchantments is at a premium as we constantly yep. talk about. So a lot of times your opponents have to start figuring out, do I really want to use it on this because there's these other gross enchantments and people only have so much, certain colors don't even offer enchantment removal. So that's that's where it can kind of become a powerhouse if you wanted to go that way. But um, yeah, I don't know. Tuck, what do you think of this deck? You've played against it. Yeah, I have. Um, I think that it's, it, it's definitely like more of like a mid-range deck, right? And I think that you have some really... I think that the more powerful cards in here are good because you have all the enchantment support, right? And they're just kind of like good cards. Personally, I like enchantment builds. I think they're interesting. I'm not a giant fan of this commander. Um, I know she's like kind of a value train, but I've seen it happen maybe even with you playing her where you get her up to like 9, 10, 11, and you still don't ultimate her, right? And, yep. and that's kind of a bummer. So I, it's weird, right? I, I guess, like you said, I've never seen this deck not do what it's trying to do, but I have seen times where you've either kind of like whiffed on what you were trying to do or like, it's like a really, this deck is, I think the times I've seen it has been a very consistent um, train, right? It's kind of like you get your value train, you get your ramp, you kind of have all your pieces there. Like you said, kind of stretching a little bit on a few of the G sections, but that's okay. And uh, I think it does its thing. I'm just thinking, I think that there's a few things that we can get to later and kind of talk through that might make it a little bit more aggressive and have a little bit more of like a defined win con. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know, from a distribution standpoint, you know, it being enchantment tribal, I do want to kind of highlight this. We're running 31 enchantments in the deck. Oof. That's that's, that's good. Lot. Yes. <laughs> I think I think if we've kind of talked about this, I think if you're doing blah blah tribal, you need to have what do we say like over 20 is acceptable, yeah. but you really want to be yeah. in that like 30 range, right? Mhm. Mm but the, you know the interesting thing Tuck and I did not notice this. Did you see what I do not run in this deck? Uh Oh, uh propaganda I or ghostly prison? I do nope. nope. I do not run a single instant in the deck. <laughs> I did not even know that until now. Wait, how many sorceries do you have? Like three? Uh, five. 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 And I one, have Uno one artifact. One artifact, <laughs> but I respect two planeswalkers. Yeah, thirty-one enchantments, twenty-five creatures, thirty-six lands, and a lot Good of those Lord. creatures are also enchantments in and of themselves. If you look, yeah, at that's it. fair. <laughs> Uh, but color distribution wise for us, you know, once again, we've just started kind of doing yep. this in the last couple of years that we do the show pretty close. I could use yeah. a little bit more green, but and, and you're and, it's fine. And it's also interesting because you do like your mana base, especially for your decks, right? With like the amount of manas that you have, your mana base is like pretty lean in terms of cost and like a bunch of different things. You have a couple in here that are pretty big, um, but overall, like it's a very kind of like out of the box mana base, right? Which I think yeah. has worked for you pretty consistently. 
Oh my gosh, Sarah Sanctum is over three hundred dollars now. Yeah, dog. I could have gotten uh, one for a hundred. I can't. But you can't. You can't. I, I can't, can't believe like I that. lost one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was it in this deck or a different one? No, it was in uh my god. No, was it in gods? Yeah, it was in gods because be, all the gods yeah. are enchantments. <laughs> and it's just gone, right? Uh, yeah, it's just gone. Just disappeared. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, uh, average CMC for the deck is three seven three. And uh, the deck is coming in between 750, 800. Oh, no. Here we go. TCG. <laughs> Screw Card Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, 680 to 720. Which I'd say that's now, about right with a couple big, big yeah, numbers. Yeah. You have in two, here. two of your cards in here are over 400 combined. So that's half the cost in total, which is I'm insane. I'm wondering what that other one is. Uh, it's also on the, I don't think it's on the reserved list. It, there's another one that, there's another one that you like because it goes gets your other favorite card type. Oh, that one. Yeah, I kind of forgot about her. It, and it, is, it yeah. is on the reserved list, so. Yeah, and that one actually has a cool story, but we may or may not talk about oh, it. Oh, right. All I right, guys. Story. Well, why don't we get in here and start brewing this build, and I'll kick it off with my very first grain. So there's a lot of grains in this deck yes. because, as Tuck said, it is very value trainy. And this was a card that came out in Theros Beyond Death that has Constellation and is a champion. We are talking about three, two, one, Cetacean champion. Two colors, two colorless green, creature human warrior rare. Ha! Fine. Luckily, it's you have the full art, so I can actually read it from a distance. So it has Constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, put a one-one counter on Cetacean champion and draw a card. Ooh, it's good. And yeah, it's, it's really it's good. Three bucks right now, which is shocking because I thought it, after rotation it would have gone down a little bit. But what do you know? Yeah, I mean, it just does so much. Um, the thing that I really like about it is the, the we talked about this on Tomer's episode. Constellation is really, yes. really cool because the, a, a lot of times you'll make stuff enchantment wise and you're not casting it. It's, you know, return it from the graveyard to the battlefield. Yes. You're making the masks with your commander. And so if it's a cash, you're not going to get it. This guy, you're always drawing a card and it's getting it a little bit bigger, which if you think about it, you have this out turn three, turn four, play Estrid, minus one her, put the mask on Citizen Champion, you draw a card, and it becomes a 3-3. Three, three. That's awesome. Yeah, it's bonkers. And I think this, I there, I completely agree with that. It's a house. It's a really good card. So I would rather, I want to talk about this BS that Wizards does where it says Constellation, then it says what Constellation does, right? So I hate when they, because they've printed cards that do this exact same thing that don't say constellation on it. It's like, just find your way. Like you have these keywords, just use them for God's sakes. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think any of these things and you want, if you're running enchantments, you want every single one of these. And I think this is one of the better ones because it's only three and it turns into a really good defender and maybe something you can get some damage in with too. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, Tuck, why don't you educate us? What? is your second grade so i always like to go and look at like the last updated and i try to sneak in before anything else happens when we first talk about these decks because i like to see when the last time you updated it is now it's been a day because you added the filters or whatever ah. which is totally fine but this is a card that came out recently and i think it's a like it's a really interesting inclusion and i really really like it because you have 30 options to take a hit here so I'm talking about a legendary creature dragon, which could in a pinch be your backup commander. Amareth, 
The Lusterous. So three colorless and Bant again. That's green, white, blue. For a 6-6 flyer, not bad. Whenever another permanent enters a battlefield under your control, look at the top card of your library. If this shares a card type with that permanent, you may reveal that card and put it into your hand. And we are going to our first voice of the day. Put up, put up, put up, put up, put up, put up, put up. No, 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 no. Okay, we're good. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so this is Malimo as Gandalf as white, as the Gandalf the white in the forest. So <clears throat> come closer. Oh, God, that's terrible. I got to think of this through. It's like Ian McKellen, so he's like very British. <sighs> come. <clears throat> okay, British. Like, oh, oh. Like, no, that's I, Australian. You I know. I just, just hold on. Just give me a second. I, I wasn't prepared for this. All right. So think, 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 think. Come closer, dear. And let me see that bobble, hobbits. I've got to match for it somewhere. Dot, dot, dot. I haven't seen the Lord of the Rings in like 10 years. So leave me alone. Uh, okay. So I think this is actually a very spirited. I wish it was a spirit dragon pick. Because I think this also can be... A great value engine i think it's something that would be good to slap stuff onto because you do have a lot of auras in here and then get in the red zone with but i think the real reason why i like this is because unlike the other legendary dragons of this varietal it doesn't have to connect it doesn't have to do anything for it to be valuable right and on top of that it's a permanent entering the battlefield right so the mass that you're creating those small little one drop artifacts or anything that you're gonna or sorry enchantments Anything that you're going to get out of your hand onto the battlefield or created out of the battle onto the battlefield will let you take a look and probably nine times out of ten draw you a card, right? I, d I wish it would let you like filter it or do something with the card on top, but I think the odds are really good when you have over 30% of your deck will fit this. You're going to be able to hit on this pretty much every time you hit it, hopefully, right? And obviously, there's always the edge cases. And the next time you do this, you're never, ever going to be able to hit one before. But I think it's a really spirited choice. Um, it's a card that doesn't get played very often, and I really like it in the deck. Yeah. Um, I'm iffy on it. I'm really? going to be honest. You think it's too, yeah, you think I, it's too like slimy for the value I or do. what? Uh, so I, it's been in the deck for eight months. Uh, I know you were okay. asking about that earlier. So, um, yeah, I just actually, this deck wasn't even in my tapped out. I've owned oh. the deck for years, and I've never put it in. That's how little I think of this deck. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I don't know. It's So, I have it in here as a grain. I think if I played the deck enough and got to see it a few times, I think it actually might shift to a spice. Mm, and I think okay. the card is always a spice. Unless you're doing some sort of permanent tribal to where... Everything has creature in its creature type, or everything has artifact in its oh, okay. type, yeah, yeah. where you can kind of cheat stuff. Because it's just, unless you're running top deck manipulation, it's just too much of a gamble. Mm -hmm. And so, just like the Primordials, I look at this kind of as a spice, but to touch point, three, basically 50% of the card types that I have in the deck make up... That would probably be ninety-five percent of the deck. So it's like I basically have a thirty-three percent chance to hit every exactly. time I do one. So it, it's it's nice, but I, I like the fact that I get it to hand. So that's why I kind of leave it in the grain for now. Uh, but I would love to hear you know if anyone in the community has built an Amarith illustrious deck where it is some sort of permanent tribal to where you try to make everything have something as a subtype the way you could always uh, try to hit on it.
Yeah, exactly. But I, I, again, like it's a very spirited choice. So I respect you for putting it in and leaving it in. All right. I'm talking about a very boring card, but I actually really like this card. And I think it's a card that could get played a lot more. It's an aura. It's an enchantment. It's common. It's unbridled growth. Ooh, interesting. Really like this. Uh, one green enchantment aura common. It's nine cents. And it states, Enchant Land. Enchanted Land has tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. And then you could sack it to draw a card. And it's not a tap sack. It's just a straight sacrifice the enchantment, draw a card. And there is some text oh, that we picked our first out. One. For, yep. And this who is, am I sounding like? This is an old-timey gangster like our boy James Cagney. If the consulant has abandoned the restraint, see? So too shall the wilds. Uh, Sirosh, Keeper of the Cow. Very so, good, very good. Uh, yeah, this is actually a card I I could see it getting run a lot more in three, four, and five color decks because it's basically replacing itself and it's going to help color fix you potentially. Um, and I think this is a great enchantment if you're someone who likes to run a lot of utility lands that do a lot of strip mine, I have to sacrifice it, or, you know... Um, Drawing a blank. Um, Help me out here. Help me out here. Good what Lord. are we doing here? I was just I was trying to think of other lands that like blow up oh, shit. Well. <laughs> so uh, any of those, Unbridled Growth is also really good on because a lot of times the drawback is, yeah, I'd love to put a Reliquary Tower in my deck or a Strip Mine in my deck because it has utility, right. but I don't get colors. So do I want that on my four color deck or five color deck? Probably not, but Unbridled Growth, if you run that in there and have a way to kind of use enchantments, don't do it as a one-off, but I definitely think it can be played a lot more. Yeah, and there's a lot of ways around this. Uh, there's a lot of utility for this card. Um, there's a lot of decks that I think this was a card that was played in standard in some sort of rigmarole. Um, I do like it for the color fixing, and I do think it's a great budget card. However, we might be talking about this a little bit later. But I do think this is a good thing to sacrifice to save your card, right? It gives you that kind of utility on the ground. And for nine cents, it's a great, great budget option for fixing your mana. And my commander untaps it. There so... you go. Absolutely. All right, Tuck, give us your last card. So I called it. I'm calling my shot right now. Um, this is the only card in here that I think has a send. And I just think it's a cool card um, because you will be flooding the board with permanence. I'm just wondering if you, I just will think that you probably will think it's too slow. Uh, I am talking about time to awaken the gallows. We're talking about Kumena's awakening. So two colorless, two blue for an enchantment and it has ascend, which is if you control 10 or more permanents, you get the city's blessing for the rest of the game. At the beginning of your upkeep, each player draws a card. If you have the city's blessing and said only you draw a card. So for me, I like this because it's not a threat. It's kind of like Phyrexian Arena in the sense that you will start to get the value off it. Why I like it in this is that it's just another enchantment that will go into feeding your other enchantment things that care about it, whether it's entering the battlefield, whether it's pumping things up because they care about what enchantments you have to go with. Uh, that's why I like it a lot. I also know that you hate one-off card draw spells so at least on this one it's gonna contribute to your end growth um i mean if you have a way to tap it that would be cool if you could untap it with your commander but i think it's kind of like a fun card it's an interesting card i'm sure you just had one of these lying around and ran into it but commander's awakening of another spirited choice for the deck 
Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I'd rather have Rustic Steady. Um, sure. But I don't play this deck, so I'm not going to put yeah, money so I'm not going to shell out $40 or whatever it is for yeah, whatever no, insanity it is for Rustic Study. The only reason it's even still in the deck is because by the time I play this, I'll have more than 10 permanents, so exactly. I'll have the City's Blessing. Um, if it was something where I was struggling with permanents or doing some sort of aristocrats, I'm sacking stuff, I would not run this card in a million miles near that. But because, once again, by turn four, I could probably have, I'll have the four lands of Kamina's Awakening. I very well could have four to five enchantments. Yeah. Um, it's it's worth having in there. Your commander, four lands, your commander, and the mask off of that, you're almost half the way there with just things that you have on the board. Yep. All right. Well, my last one, this is a card that I actually got to do really something cool at one of the level one takeovers that we used to do. Um, we're talking about Cold-Eyed Selkie. Ooh, I like one it. colorless Simic Simic. So you'd either pay a hybrid of uh, blue and green, any combo creature Merfolk Rogue rare. It's a one one comes in for around 20 cents, which is kind of shocking. I would think it would be more. Um, it has Island Walk, so it can't be blocked if the defending player controls an island. Tux dancing. I don't know why. I assume it's because I got the elephant from Jungle Book. You uh, whatever got the, the elephant. <laughs> Whenever Cold Hide Selkie deals combat damage to a player, you may draw that many cards. Ooh. She follows the old obituaries, but when Marrow still shaped the tithes. Uh, so I was actually able to <laughs> slap the Selkie with so many enchantments that I actually one-shotted someone and drew <laughs> like 30 cards. It was the best feeling in the world. If you're not running Cold-Eyed Selkie and you have a Simic deck, it's worth putting in, even if you're not doing any type of Voltron or Merfolk yeah. or Rogue or anything. This card is awesome. Well, and it's like, there's gonna, like Island Walk is such a great ability because there's always gonna be a target, right? People are always gonna be, there's gonna be someone at the table that's running blue unless you like completely get unlucky, right? So a one, even if it's a one, one, that's not even enough to like get angry, right? And I, as yep. I said, I think one thing that I am continuing to look through when I see this is you do have tons of auras, right? And you have some really good stuff to slap them onto. But like you said, I think you want to make sure that you get it onto things that are going to give you a lot of value. And Cold Eye Selkie in there is definitely going to get you rolling. Uh, I also agree. I think this card is bonkers. Uh, really good in anything that cares about low to the ground creatures. Um, probably would not be a terrible pick for the Lawness to get that down. So maybe I'll go through the old binder and see if I got one lying around. Well, I'm going to go through and say that that's wrapped up the grain section. Now we're heading oh. over to the hot profile and Big Tuck, I want you to kick us off. I don't know why I went country, but yeah, we're just going to go with it. Are. All right. Uh, this is a... So there is a version of this card that has been completely trounced and replaced with an artifact. And I know this because I've been looking at these at this card for a very long time for a deck I'm never going to end up building. Uh, and it's going to bind you with a bond to your morality. We're talking what? bonds of morality. Jesus. <laughs> Colorless and a green. When bonds of morality enters the battlefield, draw a card. And then uh, one green. Creatures your opponent's control lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. And this is being read by Nicolas, my second British guy of the day. Jace <laughs> <laughs> discovered the ley line patterns needed to anchor Olimog and Kozilek to reality. 
But it was Nyssa who could trace it, trace it on her world. Well, that's lame. That's yeah, like, it's kind of turned off kind of cool. And then trace it on her world. Boo. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Uh, it's 25 cents. So this is normally. So the thing I was going to allude to is I think Shadow Spear is just like a better version in this in most decks. But in here, it's not because even if you draw this late game, it replaces itself and you're going to have your Satestian champions, your other when uh, and whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, do this, that or the other thing. So at least you're getting the value out of that. Um, and also you do have some uh, auras that you do not want on your creatures. And I think that's one of the prime ways that you're going to use removal in this deck is enchanting mm -hmm. other people's creatures. So the fact that you can strip them of hexproof, most importantly, uh, the indestructible thing doesn't do as much in this deck. But again, it's kind of a rattlesnake thing where if they swing in, they think they have a good block and you can do some sort of shenanigans there. That I think is going to do it. And it's only a two drop. So I'm a big fan of this in the deck. Uh, let's get you let's get you some card draw. Yeah, actually, I think there's a lot more to the indestructible part than maybe you're giving credit to. Because oh, okay. I do run another enchantment in the hop section that when stuff happens to my stuff, I get to destroy my opponents. Oh, so it's like, sure. ah, yeah. green open. You sure you want to do that? You sure you want to piss me off? Um, and we kind of talked about it. I don't run a lot of instant, so I don't have a lot of like exile that usually white would have. I don't have a lot of even destroy effects. I have very limited removal. And so actually I really like Bond's morality just be, or mortality, just because of the fact that when I do need to board wipe, this thing can assure it's actually going to go through opposed to like, crap. I only have mm -hmm. like three uh, and I have the one I need in hand, but I have no way to deal with their indestructible stuff. I guess I'm just screwed. All right. Well, let's go to my first one. Uh, this is a card that Tuck alluded to. Uh, I have a very cool story about it, and it's also a very sad story at the same time. Uh, but we are talking about the good old grandma that will grab anything you need from your library, Academy Rector. Uh, three colorless, <laughs> three colorless white creature cleric. It's a rare. It's a one-two for a hundred and thirty dollars. When Academy Rector is put into a graveyard from play, you may remove Academy Rector from the game. If you do, search your library for an enchantment card, put that card into play, then shuffle your library. So two things. One, we'll do the story first, and then we'll do why it's actually in the deck. Uh, I was really wanting to get this card for this deck uh, multiple years ago. Uh, but at the time, it was like $100 or $120. And I was like, no way in hell I'm paying that for this card. That's absolutely insane. So... Uh, went to Bay, or uh, actually, this is when we went to ch uh, Japan. So uh, I was in Tokyo. I was in Akihabara. Found a random card shop. They had a English one. I'd say it was moderately played for like sixty US or fifty US. Oh, and I was like, oh. holy hell! Oh, I'm buying it. Oh, gonna do it. So I went ahead and bought it. And then I believe Tuck. That was the year that we started recording brews and builds. We had Jason Alt on. And he's a little bit of a finance guy. And he was like, oh, yeah, like a bunch of people like had bought them all up for some reason. So it made the price spike. But then no one paid that price. So then the price plummeted. And now, oh. and I was like, what? And I think we pulled it up and it was going for like $35. And I was oh, like, yeah. son of a bitch. But hey, look at that. The pandemic uh, made me my money back. So exactly. There you go. <laughs> that's the funny story. So the real reason initially I put it in here is in my mind. It was, oh, Academy Rector. 
I'm just going to keep swinging, keep swinging until someone kills it. And then I get a yeast car that we may talk about later. I, I'm mm-hmm. not going to talk about it. Are you? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> okay. Omniscience. You go get yeah, this Omniscience. Card, this, card, this card says when this card is put into a graveyard for play, you go get Omniscience and put it on the battlefield. Yeah. So you would think it's a yeast. But actually, the few times that I did play the deck and I got to do that, I would empty out my hand and have nothing to do because I didn't right. have the right card draw stuff on the board. So I've actually adjusted Academy Rector from a win now yeast card to a hops card because it's not always in your oh, best sure. interest to go get omniscience because what if you only have like two lands and one enchantment in hand? Are you praying that you could chain that into like playing a bunch of stuff from your deck? I'm not going to take that gamble. But now it's okay. Academy Rector dies. What's really screwing me on the board? Let's go grab that and, and bring it out. Right, go grab, go grab Kumana's Awakening. I mean, that seems like an immediate snap grab, right? Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Tuck, what is your second hop? So this is a fair version of a card that you play in other decks, specifically in your Azorius one, because it, it pains people for trying to play too fast or playing too much green. Ooh, Ooh this is a great uh, card. It's it's confounding as to why I haven't seen this Conundrum. card before. Oh, Conundrum. Conundrum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we got it. The deuce. Uh, confounding conundrum. Black. Enchantment for twenty cents. Uh, when an ETBs draw a card, and whenever a land Great. enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player had another land enter the battlefield under the control this turn, they have to return a land they control to its owner's hand. So now, technically, they can play the land and tap it with the ability on the stack so they can still get the mana. But yeah, no more. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw out six lands in a turn. Um, you know, just go to hell green. Go to hell, yeah, even though I like, am green, but you know. But there's so many decks now. We talked about this last week on Lonus, where like the Simic Commander is just a lands value train, right? That's all it does. Mm-hmm. So I think being able to get this out on turn two, and you you don't really have that much ramp, even though it doesn't affect you. The ramp that you have in this deck is very much like enchantment based and that sort of thing. Um, but the fact that, so that's when I first read it, it's like, uh, but the fact that it even specifies opponents, like this just really, really penalizes people who are trying to build their Simic value trains and it draws you a card and it's going to funnel in all your other stuff that you have going on that's going to give your Satesting champion, make it yep. bigger. It, like draw you even more cards. I'm I'm a big fan of this one. I think it's a very fair card for the effect that it's doing. Yeah, I love literally everything about it. Um, I think it's properly costed. I love that it's only twenty cents. Mm-hmm. This seems like something that could become a mono blue standard, similar to how Rest in Peace is somewhat of a mono white. Oh sure, yeah. standard. Uh, you know, if you run blue in your deck, it's like, well, does my group ramp quite a bit? I mean, it's basically a one mana hose your opponents for ramp and you paid one mana to draw a card. That's not a terrible investment. Um, So yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. Definitely a cool card. Well, my last one is a card named after the commander herself. And we can blink all day long. So we're talking Estrid's Invocation. Oh, it's so good. Hilarious, this thing is now over $7. Oh my God. Come on. Two colorless blue enchantment. It's a rare because it's actually, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. It's really good. Yeah, it's really strong. Um, You may have it ETP as a copy of any enchantment you control, except it gains at the beginning of your upkeep. You may exile this enchantment if you do return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Give me my flavor text. Yes, uh, we got you. 
a good one. Eileen, the comic cleric, uh, who's right here from Tennessee as a Southern Belle. Enchanters add layers upon layers of our complexity to the world around them. <laughs> uh, so the thing I love about this card is it basically says three mana, have it enter the battlefield as the strongest enchantment you have, and then every upkeep, you get to do it again and do it again yeah. and do it again. And then the nice thing, hey, bouncing, you know, you're going to blink all my permanents. It's going to come back in as a copy yep. and, you know, do something else. So uh, this thing's great. I wish it wasn't $7 because this is a card I would like to play more frequently. Yeah, um, but it's a in lot. this deck, it is a house. Well, and I think it's big, too, where I think the one of the reasons why it is so good, like you said, is that uh, the, the worst version of this card would just say, at the beginning of your upkeep, it becomes a copy of another enchantment you control. But the yep. fact that it flickers itself and then fires everything else that's going to come after that is really, really strong. I don't, I mean, I feel like copy effects are the reason why this is expensive, right? This it can be backbreaking, but it also could just be a, you know, whatever, a Bond's Mortality and then you draw a card. You know yep. what I mean? So I do like the fact that it's got that kind of like variance to it. But yeah, insanely strong. Um, should probably see a lot more play than it does, but I guess you kind of have to at least have some aspect of enchantment theme going. Yeah, totally see it. All right, Tuck, give me your last one. Hit me with your best shot. So I think I re I like this one kind of kept me up for a minute in terms of thinking through it, and I'm pretty sure I know why it's in here, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I feel like I might be missing something uh, because you don't run infect, so. I think solemn solemnity is in response to maybe some decks that can beat this question mark. So two colorless and a white for an enchantment. Players can't get counters, and then counters can't be put on artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or lands. So uh, we do also have some flavor text here being read by Vornclix, who's a coffee shop barista, short on time. <clears throat> The arrival of the Gal Fabio marked as a betrayal of both gods and mortals. Okay, next customer. Because <laughs> they like misspell the they like misspell the names, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I get it. Okay, good. So, <laughs> I the, I think why this card is in here is because the only counters you really care about, except for one card, are all planeswalkers. So this kind of screws over anyone that's playing counters. And if someone's playing Triumph of the Hordes or some sort of Infect rigmaroles, this is kind of a response to that. So I think that's why it's in here. Am I completely missing something? Yeah, you're completely missing something. Uh, so it's not in here to challenge Infect. It's not in here to yeah, kind of pose my opponents. Challenge it's in one on Yeah, no, it's in here because I don't have a lot of removal. And so one of the things that is rampant, at least in our play group, is things getting big with plus one, plus one counters. Um, right, yeah. And so this is 100% in here because every single game I sit down at, someone is distributing someone is counters plus one, plus one, right? yeah. somehow. Um, and we're even starting to see an uptick of just utility counters. Uh, I mean, we have people in our play group that literally build entire decks around vigilance counters and stuff. You know, the goat did mm, that. So sure, right. There's right, always right. someone that's going to get hosed with solemnity. Um, and so that's why it's in here and it's an enchantment. So sure. Yeah. And you get to draw a card and again, shuts down trying for the hordes and that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little sweaty, uh, because it could potentially be a dead card, but I like the, I like the spirit of it, uh, behind it of choosing it. 
I mean, technically, everything's a dead card unless there's something to play it on. I like the battlefield. Like all your other <laughs> champions. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the hops. Now we're going to head over to the 19 ways this deck can apparently win, which I believe is a lie, in the yeast section. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a flat lie. Flat lie. Uh, so I'm going to start off with the very first one on the list. Uh, yeah, we it's are, a card wait. that no, no matter when you see it played, your opponents will have their buttholes pucker. Yes. Three, two. This, I'm sorry. I was wrong. This is all you. You tool, archetype <laughs> of imagination. Uh, four colorless blue blue enchantment creature, human wizard. It's a three two for less than a dollar. Uh, it states, creatures you control have flying. Creatures your opponents control lose flying and can't have or gain flying. And this is another new voice to the list. Prokopos, yes. astronomer of Melitus. One of your, your old time favorites, our old pal Jeff Goldblum has entered the studio. It is not the embodiment of ah. That's more Captain Kirk. I was gonna say like a little a little canoe in there. Is it uh not the embodiment of? I can't do it. Aspirations. I fail. Yeah, it's like a little bit of Joker, nineteen eighty nine, but it's close. You you had this like we we saw Deadpool and Jeff Goldblum was on the Alamo Draft House. You had a pretty good likeness of him. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I I can't get it right now. But uh archetype of imagination, guys. Um yeah, it's bonkers. If you're not running it, you should run it probably in any deck that runs blue and is <coughs> and is playing in the red zone because to just hey, you have no flying, all my crap has flying, and you can't have or gain flying, that is bananas. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, yeah, it's really good. And like to normally it doesn't matter for this, even though it's a human wizard, Harry. So I guess you could run it in a deck like that. Uh, it's just so it's like such the icing on the top that this is also an enchantment creature, right? Uh, I think that this deck, most of the times that you've played it, when you've won, it's been through the red zone, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think the fact this is pretty backbreaking, and especially if you have things that reduce the cost of enchantments, normally that's the reason where it's like, Ugh, that's a lot of mana. But getting this down for five, getting this down for four is pretty incredible. And also going into all your other enchantment strategies. And it being the enchantment with Estrid's Plus, if I want to swing with it, I can. And I can have it untapped for a blocker. So Absolutely. Great stuff. All right, Tup, give us your first yeast. So this is one that we, uh, this is the one I thought was first. It's actually the second, which I think does a lot more than it seems in this deck especially. So we are talking about our old pal, Aura Nurlid. Totally gnarly, man. Wow. So two colors and a, and a green for a 2-2 creature beast. That's an uncommon you can get for a quarter. Creatures with power less than Aura Nurlids can't block it. And then it gets plus one, plus one for each Aura on the battlefield. And now we have our old pal, Captain Lannery Storm, coming in to yell at you right after pulling that, uh, that slot oil. <clears throat> Yeah, kill a gnarly with your first blows, honey. I'll cheerfully show you how it's done, sweetheart. I'll take another my tie. Kachurk. I swear to Christ, if I ever go to Vegas and some old woman talks to me in that voice, I'm going to shit myself. I've, well, I'm going to Vegas at the end of the month, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to have a recording to bring to, to next time. But yes, uh, I like this card. Uh, I think it's kind of meat and potatoes in the sense of it. But with all the enchantments on it, with all the auras, you're always going to need targets, right? And I think that is something that these decks kind of forget about is like, sure, you know, 
I have one or two big beaters, but just something like this that is going to get huge, unblockable, and then becomes a great target for when maybe you get a board wipe, you play this, then you, at that time, you have the ability to do it with the minus seven on Estrid, come back, and now you have some like 24-24 monstrosity that can't be blocked by anything. It's think it's going to start beating. Again, it's not the best target in the deck, but I think it's kind of one of the underrated ones, and it seems to me like you get a lot of bang for buck just for three mana. Yeah, and you know, I love the all auras on the battlefield. So if you mm -hmm. just so happen to play the opponent that's also doing auras, uh, good yes. for you. Um, and it, it, I would rather, and Tuck, I'm, I'm wondering if you feel the same way. I would rather my creatures not to be able to be blocked by creatures power less than it than powers greater than it. Would you agree oh, with that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Especially with stuff like this to where it's probably going to be a 999. Nine 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 nine. <laughs> Absolutely. I know we've kind of like this voice bit is taking all of my like brain power away from all the other bits that I have saved somewhere else. <laughs> well, we'll move on to my next one. And this is probably one of my favorite auras in all of magic. The tribal enchantment. Oh, <laughs> and uh, so this good. is one that usually if people are not familiar with the card, they just immediately panic. And then they're like, wait, what does it do? And then they read it, and then they panic even more. Then they panic uh, again. <laughs> Eldrazi Conscription. Oh, it's so big. Eight colorless, tribal enchantment, Eldrazi Aura. It's a rare. Uh, the copy that I have is from Ultimate Masters. Uh, comes in between 11 and 12 bucks. Enchant Creature. Enchanted Creature gets plus 10, plus 10, and has Trample. And Annihilator 2, so when it attacks, defending player sacks two permanents. And I do have some Eldrazi it's in scripture to read. Oh, nice. Uh, it's an easy one. Uh, the, the voice of the Chicago Cubs for many years, our old pal Harry Carey. The barest taste of Eldrazi power shatters both realms and identities. Blue cheese. I like see you're even though I think you're 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 Jerry you're walking and you're Harry are all kind of on the same level but the enthusiasm the different levels of enthusiasm you bring to each of them I think is what really differentiates them and I and it's just it's great they're like my favorite things for you to oh read off god. besides besides that stupid elephant oh my god that stupid elephant um so I, I don't think I need to explain why this is an no. east card you you put it on a creature and uh, if Any it doesn't creature. get dealt with, you're probably winning in a handful of turns, um, or at least killing one player. Now, will I say this card's eleven to twelve dollars good? Probably not. I'm sure there's a copy you could probably find for five or six, getting non-foil and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's probably a four dollar card. Um, and it, you need to run it in a deck where you do ramp. And Tuck pointed out, I don't run a traditional ramp package. It's all enchantments. But mm -hmm. the thing is, is that at any, any point, if I have seven lands down, four of them are probably enchanted. So Estrid's exactly. ability, most of the time, I can get this spell out on like turn five or six. Um, which if I can get that thing out earlier before people have really built up their defenses, done a bunch of card draw to find counter spells, I'm just going to put myself light years ahead. Yeah, it's it's really bonkers. Uh, I, I think that the only thing I wish, and it would put the card over the top, right? But I wish it also had the monster mash ability that the other Eldrazi's have to like shuffle it back into your library. I know it's asking entirely too much, well, but I thought well, that would kind of be cool. Here's what they could have done though. They could have made it cost nine mana or 10 mana 
similar to like Ulamog or Kozilek. Oh, sure, yeah. And then do the monster mash. That would have been cool. That would be awesome. But yeah, it's so good. I mean, Annihilator 2 can just be completely backbreaking. Um, this is definitely one of the ways that you can win out the deck pretty quick. And definitely probably the strongest uh, aura that you have in the deck too. And it's a tribal enchantment to boot. So all your Eldrazi tutors that you run in here, you can just go snatch it right up. The boot! The boot! All right, Tuck, give us your next yeast. So this is another one that I think facilitates this build that we're going for in a big way. It's also one of your higher end cards that is also insanely strong. Uh, it's a Colossi. And I already know that you didn't choose this because you didn't put it on the voice list. Uh, Nylea's Colossus. Holy cow. So seven mana, six and a colorless for six, six enchantment creature giant. It's rare for about five dollars. Uh, and oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Wait, yeah, five dollars. Maybe you can get it cheaper somewhere else. It also has constellation. So whenever it or another enchantment enters a battlefield under your control, double target creatures power and toughness until end of turn. And we have another brand new voice, the classic witch, Nylea, which makes no sense for a hunter, but that's what we got. <clears throat> Those who seek my toil and troubles and predictions shall receive it. <laughs> little, little bit of Yoda in there, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? So uh, it's really good. Um, I think it's worth every penny that you pay for it in a deck like this. This turns all of your late draw things, like, again, your wild growths of the world, your um, overgrowths, the uh, unbridled growth, pretty much anything that has a growth in it, that's going to get you That's gonna get you a huge beater. Um, you have other ways to give certain things evasion, you know, your archetype of imagination, like, good God. Like, imagine you have one, you have an Eldrazi's Conscription on one, another thing on another, you got your Oranolid out, then you play three of those things, you're just going to end up winning late game. Uh, insanely strong, insanely good in this deck. Probably the best finisher in the deck from a wider perspective, in my opinion. Just a completely bonkers one is an enchantments build. Yeah, I actually won a game about four months ago, three months ago with Nylea's Colossus. I yes. think that I think that turn I had ten or twelve enchantments enter the battlefield. Oh, yeah. especially if you like minus seven, right? It comes out. Everything else comes out. Oh, yep. is that how you did it? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's so strong. <laughs> All right, well, my last one is one where you just cannot question authority. Talking unquestioned authority. Uh, two colorless white enchantment aura. It's an uncommon for 14 cents. Enchant creature, when it ETBs, battle, draw a card, replacing itself. But here's where it's bananas. And yeah. initially, I think I would have put this in the spice, but because I've built Commander Esha and seen how powerful this is, 100% this is a yeast. Enchanted yes, creature has protection from creatures. That's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. Uh, but uh, I do have some text I have to read. You, we have our old pal, hashtag Dovin Sucks, who's uh, fittingly the mumble coach from the water boy, which you've gotten several times. So this is the thing, guys. Um, I feel like as Magic players, we're always trying to create extra value with the cards that we put in our decks. We're not just putting a 2-4 uh, flavorless creature in the deck. We're doing a 2-4 death touch. 2-4 ETB, destroy target yes. creature, or tap target creature. We're trying to max the value of everything we put in here, which a lot of times 
does, unless you're doing a spell slinger deck, reduces your instant count, reduces your sorcery count, because it starts to kind of fill those gaps. And then your instants and sorceries are very like critical laser focused ideas right. of yeah. why you need it. And so unquestioned authority, you played at the right point in the game. That creature is probably going to last multiple combat phases and no one will be able to do anything about it. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's it's bonkers. I always, for some reason, I always read this card as costing four instead of three. So I'm always like, is it that good? And then I reread it. It's like, no, it's insane. Uh, can't be pinged. Can't be blocked. Like you said, I think that's such a great point of like every creature has something to do. And even if you look in your deck, a lot of your creatures have ETBs that target creatures or target permanence. Um, it's just really good. And it's like kind of a funny thing where it's like in a deck where so much of your creatures do stuff, it's kind of funny that you're like, oh, now your creatures can't do anything to this one. And I'm going to come in and bash you right in the skull. Uh, and then the other thing I didn't even point out is the fact that it enchants the creature. This kind of gives you that pseudo vigilance type of attack where I can mm -hmm. swing in and still have a blocker. Same thing with this because Estrid's ability, you're always doing second main phase unless you're yeah. trying to like chain together a bunch of enchant lands to cast, you know, an Eldrazi Conscription or something. Um, so, exactly. you know, you swing in, they can't block. You probably smack them for eight and then, oh, I'm going to untap it. Now I got an eight blocker that doesn't matter if you swing at me with a 50-50, uh, nothing's going to happen. So it's so it's so bonkers. Um, and it's like 50 cents or something like that. 14. Totally worth the pickup in any of these decks. It's bonkers. All right, Tuck. Bring us home in the yeast, and what's your yeast? So I I know why this is in here. I'm not I I get it. I think it's cute, and I think it's a funny. Is it my Zelda I really, commander? Yes, yes, exactly. It's like it's it's like kind of a girlfriend's of uh, deck of girlfriend's pass pick, which I'm always a sucker for, and it sort of works. Uh, it but totally Rafik, works. I, I mean. Rafika the many is a card. So a colorless and another bant. Uh, that's your that's your green, white, and blue for a three three legendary creature, human knight. It's a mythic. Um, around ten to twelve dollars, depending on what varietal you have. Or twelve so to ninety. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Card Kingdom. You really got your you really got your edges ironed out there. So it's got exalted. So whenever a creature you control attacks alone, that creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn. And then whenever a creature you control attacks alone, it gains double strike until end of turn. So normally this is like a it's funny that normally this card's only good by itself but in this deck this card kind of is better not attacking because you can enchant something else that has some sort of protection you can play this after you've already done your enchantment rigmaroles and that thing gets that much bigger that's why i like it and again it's just funny that like i know you like this card i know you you want to have you have a soft spot in your heart for all rafiq uh and it's cute I, I just i like the inclusion of it in here quite a bit so we have uh, our old pal, the Kundros, coming in here as well. Like, many sigils, but one purpose? Smelly cat? So, I think Tuck completely downplays this. I think <laughs> in a deck where you're, you're only going to win off the red zone, I don't think this deck has a single other way to win um, other mm. than just combat. So, you're going to have to win off of the red zone, and the deck has tons of auras. Well, what do you need to put on auras? Creatures. Not every yes. creature can be a noble hierarch and just be a value card uh, or Agreed. a Kestia the Cultivator. You know, it's just you, you need stuff to oh, really man. be able to put it onto. And that's why the Aura Narlids of the World and Rafiks of the Minis are in here because, 
Or even Sarah Ascendant. Sarah Ascendant's in here because yeah. it's great to slap a bunch of crap on that. Sarah, and, Sarah and Ascendant is like the the best one of the best cards in the deck. Well, I mean, I think we can say that about every deck Sarah Ascendant's in. Very, very true. But you've, <laughs> I think that I, both times I've seen you played this, you had Sarah Ascendant out on turn one or two. It was just some weird freak of shuffling. What can I say? It's my army of the damned. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. So, well, that's going to wrap that up it. the East package. And now we're going to head over to the Spice and Big Tuck. Not a lot of spice. Not a lot of spice here. This is, I think, a definite. This completely fits the definition of the spice in the sense of what you just talked about. Because it's a mana rock for a long time mm. that you have it. And then it turns into some sort of beast. This is a spice card through and through, and I love it. So I believe it's pronounced a Rixmethes, yep. comma, Slumbering Isle. So two colorless and Simic, that's green and a blue for a 12-12 legendary creature Kraken. That's around 3 to $6, I suppose. So it enters the battlefield with tapped with five slumber counters on it. As long as it has a slumber counter on it, it's a land, not a creature. Whenever you cast a spell, you may remove a slumber counter from Arithmetic the, the Messies, and then you can tap it and add blue and green. So this is like a total rattlesnake card that you're building up to. And I love how this like really puts the, the onus into somebody else's hands. So you can play it first. The first turn you run it out. Normally when I've seen this card play, you pay your four and then it just, it's, you're done there. It's a land, yep. right? So then you untap it. And then you also go into your rigmaroles of casting your spells, casting your low cost things. And it slowly ticks down, right? And then people start to panic. They're like, what are we going to do with this thing? It's 12-12. And then the second that you cast your unbridled growth to, to get it off to 12, I guarantee you're going to have something to put to cast on it. Maybe you already have Rafik of many on the battlefield. And this thing is just going to start going in and beating face. And correct me if I'm wrong, there is a this does have a weird combo with Solemnity because it yep. just comes down just and comes then it's in. just a 12-12 for four, right? Yep. <laughs> Tapped, but still. Uh, so I this is this to me is like a great example of a spice card for the stack. It's not an enchantment. It's sometimes a creature, but there's just so much that's going into it. I just think it's really fun. Um, and at worst case, you'll be able to tap it for some mana. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be cutting it. Uh, um, it. It's just way it's too slow and four mana for basically. Uh, let's just call it. I'll get six mana out of it and then most likely yeah, someone's right. going to remove it. I don't know, uh, but I will say this. I've always been intrigued by Rixmas Thieves. I'd love to see mm -hmm. an actual commander deck built out of it. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it is very spicy. And I I think if this was a deck, I know there's a lot of thinking happening. If this was a deck <laughs> to where I could potentially do a quote unquote storm, be able to play it, play like four spells in a turn, sure, a bunch of yeah. the counters, and I could get to it a little quicker, then I, I'm all for that. But something that I may only be playing one or two per turn, and it's going to take me maybe three rotations. I don't know. It, it's just it's it's a little flavor town. It's a little it's a little it's a little greasy. It's definitely pretty slimy. So I mean, it makes sense to me why you'd cut it. I just like that. I just want to talk about it. <laughs> I want to talk about it. The the what I'm going to talk about is one, and I I'm surprised you didn't call me out on this because it doesn't seem like it should be a spice, but it absolutely is. We're talking about creeping renaissance. Three colorless green green sorcery. It's a rare. It's 64 cents. Um, it does have flashback for five colorless and green green. So you can play it from your graveyard for its flashback, then exile it. 
So what it does is choose a permanent type, return all cards of the chosen type from your graveyard to your hand. This to me is a spice card because I don't know if I want all that stuff from my graveyard to my hand. Yeah. And <clears throat> maybe it's one that I'm not even doing enchantments. Maybe I'm doing lands because I'm land screwed. I don't know. It's right. Th this, this thing has such a high ceiling, but its floor is literal trash. Yeah, it's like, I completely agree. And again, if you're doing the things right, this, th there's been a lot. I was really keen on this card uh, when I first we started all seeing were. it. We all were. We, yeah. And I think it's just like, there's been a lot of times where I've just played it and chosen, I don't know, a fetch land just to get it into my graveyard and out of my hand, right? So paying five for something that sucks isn't a great rate. And you just, it's like, it's very reactionary, right? So that's why I agree. It's definitely a spice. Um, and it's kind of a pick where there are a bunch of things where you can like, you know, grab artifacts or enchantments or whatever that are more specific. It does give you that kind of late game flexibility, but yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. And I've been burned by it in the past. So yeah, definitely keeps in the spice train. for it. I'm actually kind of surprised you didn't talk about the last spice card. I, I thought that would be uh, some casual catnip for you. I mean, uh... It's I got to talk about my boy. I got to talk about my boy. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. And now we're going to head over to the bottle cap again. As a reminder, there's going to be big text and ice cuts and ads to the deck that are going to be under $5, under 50 and a no budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana only lands. So before I'm going to I'm going to keep going. Okay. Um, before we get into the cuts, my one recommendation that I would want you to think about is swapping your commander. So I actually think that Tuvasa the Sunlit is a better commander for this deck, the way that it's kind of fallen together. So she is just banned. So green, white, blue for one, one legendary creature, Merfolk Shaman. Uh, she's a mythic for about $7. And then she has, uh, she's one, one. Then she has, you get plus one, plus one for each enchantment you control. And then whenever you cast your first enchantment spell, each turn draw a card, the reason why I like her and Esther in the 99 is like she at least is a win con in and of herself, right? She can be a grain. She's going to get huge with all these auras that you have. You always have a good thing to attach it to. She also is pretty low cost. So getting her out kind of helps you build your value train. And I've seen a friend of the show, Tice, who I haven't talked to in like six months, unfortunately. Uh, he has a deck built with this that's very similar in scope of what you have. And it is brutal. Uh, it's just It just takes off. She's just dealing damage. She's drawing all these cards. Just something to think about if you want to try to swipe it up and maybe make this deck a little bit more exciting or at least try it once. Yeah, I think the only issue I have with that is one, I would have to get more ways to play Enchantments at Flash to take sure. uh, advantage of her second effect. Two, I'd have to probably cut out 20 or so of the creatures so I could get more Enchantment Auras in there for her. Um because a lot of those, a lot of the creatures, I'm trying to spread the auras and stuff around and then uh, use um, Estrid's ability to untap them and kind of do some like things with that. So I, I hear the idea, and this is one that I've heard of Tuvasa decks before. I believe sure. uh, Max from Commander Central actually has a Tuvasa deck that he talks about a lot. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think the biggest thing that I don't like about it is that it feels too Voltron and uh, technically Tuck and you know, this, this deck 
was built from the pieces of my Rafik of the mini deck, which was a Voltron Which was deck, another Voltron. Which I, could so not, see, if, I couldn't do it in band. Like, I couldn't figure out how to do Voltron in band. Yeah, so I couldn't, crack, like, the, couldn't yeah. crack the code. So that, that would be my only reservation against it. Uh, but maybe I'll just swap them one day and just see I've, what happens. Just, just see what happens, yeah, exactly. All right, so for our cuts and ads, guys, um, I'm going to start with an under $5 cut, and I'm cutting the Eryxmethy Slumbering Isle. So... I've already kind of talked about why it's just a little too slow for me. It's a little too slimy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was just, it, it was out of time for the deck. Oh, but you know what, what? I am going to add? What? Out of time. Uh, oh, colorless okay. white white enchantment. It's a rare from Modern Horizons 2. Oh, the new one, yes. Uh, when out of time ETBs untap all creatures, then phase them out until out of time leaves the battlefield. Put a time counter on out of time for each creature phased out this way. It has vanishing at the beginning of your upkeep. Remove a time counter from this enchantment. When the last is removed, sacrifice it. So it's yeah, so the, silly. The, the solemnity thing, card. yes, that's a non-bow, but that's irrelevant for this. I use I want out of time in here because I don't have a lot of board wipes. Mm -hmm. And I do run a fair amount of creatures, but I also run a fair amount of enchantments that can kind of enable me to do other stuff. And I look at out right. of time, similar to a wrath of God. You don't wrath of God when you have a board full of stuff that you don't want to lose. Yeah. You do it when it's like, I guess I'm going to lose one thing, but Big Tuck has Prosh, 18 kobolds, and like all this other screwy, yeah. let me out of time this stuff. And, you know, potentially those creatures won't come back for 25 turns or 30 turns, or they're just gone yeah. forever. Uh, so I really, really like this. Yeah, I agree. I think this is also your. Um, I think I think this is also your um, token kind of back out strategy, right? So if someone's going crazy early in the game, they're ramping, they're making a bunch of creatures. The fact that there's only three and an enchantment and does everything else you want is kind of a good rate for that. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm inter I, I'm interested. I hope you get this and play it because I'm interested to see if this card is actually any good or not, um, and and works the way that we want it to. So, I, are you gonna? Do you think you're gonna get this? Did you open one? Uh, I well, remember I didn't really open any. Um, just the couple packs that my fiance got me, um, and I didn't get one. So, but I can get the oh. Modern Horizons two promo for two dollars. So, yeah, I, I've, so kind, I've kind of been on a kick this uh, last week of just these micro cards, like dollar here, five bucks here. Just mm -hmm. like you know what? Let me just go ahead and grab them. I'm I'm kind of tired of just like keeping a list and waiting for it to get big enough. It's like if I want the card, just go buy it. I'm not buying singles. So I, I need to get yeah. some juice flowing. Yeah, I'm, I I do that all the time on eBay. If I find something and I'm like, oh, interesting. Uh, okay, I'll buy it, right? Two yeah. bucks here, two bucks there. So, All right, Tuck, what are you cutting for under five? What are you going to add? Okay, so there's a card in here which is interesting, but I think we can do better. So uh, I believe it's called Ichthoyomorphosis. <laughs> yes. Uh I think that's how you pronounce that. Uh, two colorless and a blue for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a blue fish with base power and toughness zero one. So I love it. Uh, there's a bunch of these. Um, there's a bunch of these sort of abilities that are out there, right? And this is your like kind of removal, right? Yep. Um, I thought I like the idea of it, but I think there's a card that's just a little bit better and a little more. Um, utilitarian if you will and recently got reprinted and cost nothing yeah so ichthomorphosis for me was purely i don't have an extra something, 
um, uh, uh, Prison of the Moon. I didn't have an extra one. Yes. They're crazy expensive now. They're like $15. And so, oh, well, it, I have some news. I have some news for you because we're cutting at the morphosis and putting in prison the moon in. What? And you can get, get one drop? for you can get it for fifty cents out of the new uh, Forgotten Realms Commander set. What? Yeah, believe it. That's so crazy because I literally was just on TCG Player um, last week ordering all the stuff for my dungeon deck. This is one that I wanted. And I was like, ooh, that was a little pricey. Maybe it's because like TCG defaulted to like the most expensive version. I see the Eldritch Moon promo is like $10. So yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah, Done. right here. Easy. Commander of the Rotten Realms. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so for those who don't know, it's Enchantment Aura, Enchantment, Enchant Creature Land or Planeswalker. Enchanted Permanent is a colorless land with tap add uh, one colorless mana or one diamond if you prefer. It loses all other card types and abilities. Just pretty much a strict upgrade and now especially that it's 50 cents which is insane there's really no excuse not to run this in like a gazillion decks i'm probably uh when we get done recording gonna go buy like 10 copies of it because there's yeah. no reason not to have 10 copies yeah it's bonkers it's so good so yes yeah, like that's my least exciting one of all of them but uh one nonetheless all right well we'll move on to the under 50 and i'm gonna cut a card that i've always felt a little little heavy um but I always kept it in because it was part of the commander deck. It's technically the sub commander for the box. I'm going to be cutting Kestia the Cultivator. Yeah. Uh, colorless. Yeah, she's on my list. Uh, legendary enchantment creature, nymph, mythic. It's a 4-4. Four, four. Um, and it has bestow. So bestow is three colorless bant. If you cast it for the bestow, it's actually an aura spell on the stack uh, with enchant creature. Uh, it becomes a creature again if it's not attached to the creature. So that is kind of cool because if someone murders your whatever Yavimai Enchantress, Kestia still stays on the battlefield as a 4-4. But if it is bestowed, the enchanted creature gets the plus 4, plus 4. And then whenever unenchanted creature or enchantment creature you control attacks, draw a card. It, it reads very, very well. But I don't think it's really that great. I th the only way I would keep this card in is if you went with like more of the Tuvasa build because you're probably going to be getting that a lot more and it's a juicy target for Bestow. But this sure. is one I was eyeballing too. It's one that I kind of always looked at and I've always just been like, I don't, I agree with you. I think it reads a lot better than it actually is. Well, the card I want to add is coming in a shade under 15 bucks. It's only been printed Whoa. once. Magic Origins. We are talking about Starfield of Nyx. Oh, <laughs> sure. So four colorless yeah, white great. enchantment. It's a mythic. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may return target enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Seems pretty good in a deck that runs 30 that enchantments. pretty solid, yeah. Uh, and as long as you control five or more enchantments, each other non-aura enchantment you control is a creature in addition to its other types and has base power and toughness, each equal to its converted mana cost. So... That's where the pseudo yeah, it's, risk it's insane. kind of comes <clears throat> in around that because now a Wrath of God does blow up all of your enchantments as well. But I more try to look at it from the positive standpoint of I went from five creatures with auras to now 15 creatures, five mm -hmm. of which have auras. I could still swing and then uh, my commander, if I still have her as my commander, plus ability literally untaps all of my creatures and I'm yeah. good to go to be able to swing again um, or protect myself. So... I think this is going to impact this deck way more than uh, 
the cultivator would. Yes, I, I agree with that. Uh, and I think that this is something I, I like the utility of this card, too, because you don't. I think a lot of people misplay this and as soon as they draw it, they put it out expecting that they'll have the army to build up from there. Right. But for me, I'd rather keep this in hand because you said, like you said, it's a liability, right? I'd rather keep this in hand until I know I already have the artifact army ready to go clap this down and then get into the red zone. So I know it's not going to be immediately board wiped or removed or something along those lines for the most part. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really good. Definitely a huge East card in the stack. Uh, just does everything that you're looking for. All right, Tuck, what are you going to do for under 50? <clears throat> so I am doing a huge swing uh, for price recently, which is crazy, and, and actually ordered a single this. So I'm not cut on bridal growth. I understand why it's in the deck. I just, if a if I have a one drop enchantment that's enchanting a land, I, I would prefer a enchantment that at least gives you a more mana value, right? I'd rather pay two for something that at least adds one or two more mana to it. Um, I get the sacrifice and all that jazz. I just think that there's might be some better cards out there. And I was when I was looking through here, I was kind of shocked that you didn't have this already. But then I looked at the price point. Then I looked at the price point again and uh, was very, very happy. So this is a card. If you don't have it, you should order today because it's had like a 20. It's like 20 percent of what it used to be. Sterling Grove. What a blowout. So it's a green and a white for an enchantment. It says other enchantments you control have shroud. They can't be the targets of spells or abilities. Then also one sack, search a library for an enchantment card, reveal it, and then shuffle and put that card on top. So this card used to be expensive, like 15, 20 bucks sometimes. It's hot off of its first reprint in forever uh, in Modern Horizons 2. You can get this card for $2 wow. now. It's insanity. So that's why I was, because I think it's a little bit of a meat and potatoes card, but I wanted to talk about it because the price is so low right now and it has everything that you need. Protects your shit, lets you go get other shit, go on from there. All for two man. All the shit. Uh, it just does it all. All the shit. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's good. Um, I don't really <laughs> have good. any it's good. reason it's why good. I wouldn't add that, uh, especially for $2. I mean, I'll, I'll spend two bucks. <laughs> I mean, great. That invasion copy looks really cool. Like, I... I don't, even though I'm a big fan of Seb McKinnon's artwork, and this is not the artwork cast, which I'm sure there's 40 of, uh, you guys can go find that. I do like the old artwork a lot better. Yeah. I think it looks a lot more magical. This looks a little bit more like a watercolor. <laughs> All right, guys. Which very well may be. I don't know. On to the last one. Personal recommendations. I'm going to cut a planes. Uh, I'm at 36 lands. A lot of times oh, I get mana flooded, especially with all the ways that I can reuse my auras on my lands. <coughs> so I just, I think 35 is more than enough for me. Um, and planes were the the one land that I did put a whole lot of in here. I want to say I have uh, 16 ways of producing white, so I can definitely mm. drop one. Sure. Dig it. Here's what I want to add, though, and shh. Tuck, I love where you kind of set me up a little bit, little bit with this. I'm going to add Enchanted Evening. Oh, <laughs> okay. Three colorless, yeah. hybrid Azorius, hybrid Azorius. You can pay any combination of white and blue twice. Um, it's an enchantment. It's a rare. Uh, there's even the cool secret layer one that I can go grab. Uh, and it states all permanents are enchantments in addition to their other types. 
What more do you want? Yep. And so if all my enchantments uh, I control have Shroud except for Sterling Grove, it's like, well, let's plant Enchanted Evening and my entire board has Shroud. But here's the oh, cool God. thing, though, so is that there's actually some combos you could do with Enchanted Evening and Ooh. this deck. So yeah, some of these infinite combos that I found, like I have a Johnny's Chosen in the deck. Well, with Enchanted Evening, I make infinite 2-2 sure. white cat creature tokens. <laughs> and the game goes to a draw because there's no way to end it, which is amazing. Uh, something that I didn't put in the deck, but I'm strongly considering is Aura Thief. Aura Thief's put into a graveyard from play. I gain control of all enchantments, which is the entire board. Oh. <laughs> uh, you could also do Calming Verse. Calming Verse is an awesome sorcery. Destroy all enchantments you don't control. And then if you control an untapped land, destroy all enchantments you control. We'll just tap out your lands and boom. You killed everything. Uh, and then there's another one, <laughs> Opalescence. Each other enchantment is a creature with power and toughness, each equal to its converted mana cost. It's still an enchantment. So this is a way to wipe out all your opponent's lands. There's so many cool things I can do with this card. And so I think it's one that I definitely want to add. And then I want to pepper in some of these other weird, like synergistic things to kind of see which flow I like the best. Dig it. Love it. Uh, it's it's you it's you in a nutshell. I think Aura Thief is a good card in this deck. So if you don't have one of those, I'd grab it for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm here I'm here for it. <laughs> All right, Tuck. Well, what is your last one? Okay, uh, I have two for you. I am gonna cut out Righteous Authority, three colorless, white and a blue for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchant creature gets plus one plus one for each card in its controller's hand. Fine. At the beginning of the draw step of Enchanted Creatures controller, that player draws an additional card. It's fine. I don't like this card because it doesn't give any sort of evasion. And if, like the enchantments, if, my, if I'm enchanting auras and paying five for it, I want it to at least give some semblance of an evasion. I think you're going to be drawing plenty of cards in here. So I really hope those bonuses are coming through for you, Mr. Combo. Because... I mean, you did forget I have about a, a wedding I'm to pay for? I'm going to need about a grand. Oh my god. I'm going to need about a grand. Moat? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, drop of honey. Oh, you've talked about this so card before. Yes, we have. One colorless or one green for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, destroy the creature with the least power. It cannot be regenerated. If two or more creatures are tied for least power, you choose one of them. When there are no creatures on the battlefield, sacrifice drop of honey. So... Most of the creatures that you're going to be playing are going to get buffed up by enchantments, are going to get big in and of themselves, like your, like your uh, Colossus Eye of the World. So for me, this is going to be a way that you can kind of help stabilize the board in the beginning and middle of the game, right? Picking off mana dorks, picking off drakes, picking off flyers, picking off commanders that are like utility commanders but happen to be the lowest on the battlefield. And it's all for one mana. So you're going to be able to get your draw. You're going to be able to get some removal out of it. You're going to be able to even late game, get your triggers, kind of do your storm thing like you were talking about. Uh, so I think this card is a really, really good one and well worth every $900 that you are going to pay for it. Well, it actually turns out there's a copy on TCG Player right now for $700. So Whoa. suck it. Uh, and I do have a Volk Island extra that I don't need. I wonder if I could find someone to trade with. Hmm. A bulk uh, island? Volcanic island? Volk? Oh, well, okay. So then I actually, now that that's all re ready, I actually am going to do you, I've given you the slap. Now I'm going to, or I'm sorry, what is it? The hand? Extend the hand? Slap the hand? No. Oh, no. The op okay, open, so open hand, you, closed fist. I gave you the closed fist. Now I'm going to give you the open hand. Well, that's confusing. I would think or, an open hand would come with a drop of honey. 
Well, it's about to come with a node. So for 32 cents, you can get the exact same card in white. Perfury nodes, one white enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, destroy the creature with the least power. It can't be regenerated. If two or more creatures are tied for least power, you choose one of them. When there are no creatures on the battlefield, sacrifice Porphyry nodes. 32 cents out of Time Shift Remastered. Oh my goodness. Um, that's so funny. I wonder why this is so much cheaper than Drop of Honey. I, because, well, Drop of Honey is on the reserved list. I understand that. I guess more my thing is why would wizards, and I get it, they did it during Planar Chaos, or so they're trying to color shift stuff. Um, yeah, that's just confusing to me. I don't understand like how, because not everything on the reserve list is worth $1,000. There's plenty of stuff on there that's worth like 10 cents. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, it's like, that's what I'm saying. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's like, ridiculous. It's the, exact same, it's, it's the exact same card for whatever thousands percent cheaper. Uh, I don't know. The Planar Chaos one used to be like five or six dollars, but then this thing got remastered. I guess people just don't want it. But huh. one of the two of them, I think, would really do a lot of work in this deck. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, or I could get both. Why not? Why not? Why not both? And why America? America. <laughs> Thanks for making it until the end. And as <laughs> promised, here's some details about our giveaway. Uh, we'll be giving away the Averta deck discussed in episode 101. To enter, it's super simple. Just promote the content we put out. You get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media and being a part of our patron community. We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News September 1st and our Twitter account soon after. And yes, we'll do these giveaways each month. It just kind of depends on what the crew can come up with, you guys. We would love a five-star review a friendly comment, and a subscribe and follow on whatever platform you're consuming us on. And if you'd like to figure out what our uh, social media account names and stuff does, so that way you could chat and interact with us, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. 5 on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they reach you? You can reach me at Big Tuck Tweeting on Twitter. And this week, there was a very special celebrity birthday. Hold, please. Uh, it was very exciting. Uh, Harold Perennio, big star of the Matrix 2 and 3, who replaced uh, one of the tanker dozers. Uh, it was his birthday on August 7th. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, we will have a website where the deck list will be posted at cmdtower.com slash bnbe103. Basically, just type in Cleansing Nova Martial Coup, Dawn's Reflection, Tower.com. Squeamy Key, if people want to find and get a hold of your Manolith commentary, how would they do that? He can handle all of your audio needs and does have a full studio if you ever do come to the Kansas City metro area. Just uh, hook him up. And, of course, we can't forget our awesome video editor, at underscore Teacoats. Tyler does a lot of work uh, in the video editing community piece of Magic, uh, working with a lot of other content creators. He does a great job on these YouTube videos, so please make sure you subscribe to YouTube. Let him know how we can improve this, because we want to continually evolve our YouTube channel to make it, you know, what you guys want. Now... If you'd like to help out financially so we can continue to improve the content, like recently we've upgraded our streaming computer so we can actually start doing Twitch streams, uh, you should head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have many different tiers from as simple as Discord access and all the other soft things we give you for a dollar a month, all the way up to 25 bucks. And yes, my voice cracked, uh, where you get a pack of sleeves, you get a playmat, you get a coin, you get reminder tokens, you get monarch tokens. We give you a whole lot of crap. Plus, guys, don't forget, 
$5 and up on the tier, you become a part of the RK Post uh, patron community. So uh, every three months, we send you guys out a myriad of exclusive patron RK Post tokens that he has signed. It's pretty cool. And of course, Redacted Bit Music. So, Big Tuck, Estrid's Mini Masks. How do you feel about this? Because I don't know if I'm excited to play the deck still at the end of this. Um, wow, it just started pouring rain here. I guess you're not going on a run. Yeah, I guess not. I guess I might as well just get blind drunk instead. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, I think that if you want to get excited to replay this deck, you really need to like a big change up, right? Yeah. And that's why I was really pushing for trying to Vasa as a command, as a separate commander, right? Like, I think even with the cuts, I think the cuts that we had, and especially the ones that you had with like the combo stuff, I think plays more to your style. Um, but I just kind of feel like that will be, I don't, I have nothing against this deck. I've seen it played before. I think it's fair. I think it's balanced. I think it's got a lot of, I think it's got a lot of interesting play into it. I just think you kind of, if you want to try something different, it's kind of like what I've been doing with my decks, tearing them apart, rebuilding them, trying out new commanders, kind of giving it one last run. Maybe that might be the way to approach it if you really want to switch it up and, and yeah. try to get it to something that's wildly different than what you had done before, right? Yeah, I think, and it might even be just one of those things where Bant just doesn't have legends at the moment that really interest me. Yeah, um, you yeah, know, I agree. But very similar to Esper, and honestly, the only reason Esper even interests me is because I wanted to build dungeons, and literally the Esper commander does dungeons. So, um, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I think it might just also be a little bit of bad blood. Oh, I better stop singing or T-Swift's going to shut us down. Uh, so Yeah, that's how, we I, get, that's how we get DCA. Yeah, so I think it might be a little bit of that too, to where I've just built up this negative connotation with the deck, like, oh, this deck's boring. Oh, this deck sucks. Like, even on uh, 40 Life and a Dash last week that I was on, and I talked about Aloro getting up to 96 life and commanding the Dread Hoarding, spending like 30 life to take everyone's creatures. Um, like, that's a really cool move. But even that, it was like, meh, okay, whatever. Yeah. So, um, I, I may take your advice. I may break this down and just say, okay, at its core, what are the pieces I have here? I think the issue is now going through this tuck, same thing's going to happen with this as Loro. You look at it, my Esper staples are like seven or eight cards and I still have to build mm. a whole brand new deck. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, yeah, I, I agree. Like for me, like I just got lucky with Arcades as a bank commander or else I still have no idea what I would have built. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're getting the hizzy up out of this nizzy by Rizzy. Mm -hmm.